Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Next Real Saturday Matinee, our weekly show where the Next Real team gets together to talk about news, reviews, new trailers, and the hotly debated weekly list challenge. I'm dot 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 is what it says, but I'm actually Mandy Kaplan, and I'm joined today by Ray Delancey. Hey, how you doing? 
I'm doing well, except a little cold that you might hear in my voice. But other than that, I am dandy. How are you? If I was any better, I'd be you. Oh, wait, no. I wouldn't. <laughs> You're looking extra beardy today, Ray. I like it. I try. I try. And we are joined today by Ocean Murph. What's Yay! up? I am also getting over a cold myself. So I will uh, I will sound raspy and my voice will probably crack a few times here and there. But it'll it'll be like yeah. I'm young again. Like when you know, my voice used to crack when I was 13. So I can appreciate my teenage years again. You sound like a younger Keith David. That's Ooh, uh, that high is, praise that's, indeed. Yeah, that's, a, that's a nice that's a nice voice. Although his young voice might have been you know a little high pitched. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what have you guys been watching, and what do you want to talk about? Go. I'm in the midst of Moon Knight, and um, okay. I, have you have have either of you been watching Moon Knight? My 12 year old tried last night, and it gave him bad dreams, so he's done. So, dude, he's almost 12. First episode that gave him bad yeah. dreams. Okay, yeah, so he, yeah, it's it's. It's an interesting series so far in that, um, I guess then without wrecking it for anyone that hasn't seen anything, I think that what I enjoyed about it was that it is something that I hadn't, I was not familiar with the character really at all. And when I heard that uh, Disney Plus was going to make this, I thought, hey, maybe I should just go out, start reading and binging some of the, uh, the comic books so I can then know more about the character and be more in it, more informed fan. And then I thought, no, I've been telling everybody how the MCU is the best uh, creator of uh, superhero content in the world. So let me see if I can actually prove the point because I'm talking to people that have no idea who Spider-Man is because they live in, under a rock somewhere. And and so I go. Okay. We all live together. Okay. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> under the same rock. Under the same rock. Under this rock. There's yeah. A, there's a, we just redid our kitchen. It's fantastic. A, awesome, it's a gated awesome. rock community. Yes. yes yeah. With a with a with a no Spider Man force field uh, going yep. on in it. All right. So so for the for you know so I was like let me let me get under a rock with everyone else because Moonlight is Carolina nothing about and Pedro Pas uh, Pedro Pascal is sorry nope. Oscar Isaac, not Pedro Pascal. I <laughs> <laughs> so, just wanted to be uh, the Mandalorian. Exactly. Right. Don't 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 write me. Yes, I said the wrong name. It's I, Oscar Isaac, who's great. Um, it, he's great in it, and the they they do a really good job of establishing and trying to create what the character is. So I do understand what the character what the character is, kind of what their abilities are, and kind of what is you know Piccadillos are part of the. Um, you know, part of it, which is not spoiling anything, is he has multiple personalities. And so the way they pull that off and what they do with it works. Um, and then I've now, they are now, as of this recording, the fourth episode is one I just most recently watched. And it was, it's interesting in that you think you know what you're going to get. You think you, you understand what's happening and things are going along a certain pace. And it's, it's going, it's going kind of like you expect. And then the, the last 10 minutes of episode four made this massive left turn now to where you effectively have an unreliable narrator. And you, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, he, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. this was. This was the last film he made before he realized that he had the, I don't Aww. remember what the name was. Yeah, that he said he was retired oh, from No, I yeah, shouldn't have said Bruce Willis. I, yeah. I don't want to bring us down. Okay. Um, but, uh, so but, you know, we can celebrate his life. He has a lot. You know, that's a massively great catalog and hours of entertainment watching that man do things. Um, anyway, and so now... They've they've completely gone this massive left turn to where now it's like well I don't know what I'm watching anymore so so I'm curious but now I'm unsure again. Well, I'm waiting until Moon Knight finishes so I can binge it all at once because when it comes to these Marvel shows, I, I hate having to wait. Mm. <laughs> Besides that, I've been kind of 
just watching random stuff, but I've also been revisiting Quentin Tarantino's movies. Oh. So uh, I, I recently watched Death Proof and um, Inglorious Bastards, and next I'm going to be watching Jackie Brown. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I love Tarantino. Yeah. I saw um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood like on a screen somewhere as I was passing. Yeah. And that movie, even though I saw it when it came out, like just resonates and stays with me. It was such a well-crafted, you know, indelible movie. I, I really liked it. I'm a big Tarantino fan. That was one of the best in-theater experiences mm. I've ever had was mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I don't know why. It must, like, just the right combination of opening weekend hype and just a really receptive audience. Uh, it was just a, a really great atmosphere. I live under that rock of people that could not stand that movie. Yeah, well, Ocean, you, we're losing you. Sorry, uh, exactly. can't hear you. <laughs> exactly. Technical difficulties. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it was one of the things of, like I was watching with my wife and we were both like, uh, you know, the, neither, neither, neither of us were having a good time. And then when it, everyone came out and loved it and, and I was like, apparently I missed something. And then I watched <laughs> it again and I'm like, nope, still it must be me. So, so It is you. Yeah, I, yeah. I am that way about a lot of things though. I tend to swim upstream often when people love something, but well, speaking of that, then what are you, what are, what are you watching now? Where where are you swimming yeah. upstream? Thanks for asking. I'm actually very mainstream right now, and I'm with all the fish. I can let the analogy go. Everyone gets it. Uh, we just finished Dropout and Dope Sick on Hulu. Okay. And the and I'm I'm oh, and I just finished the thing about Pam on Hulu. These are all like very zeitgeisty. Usually, I'm a year behind on these things, but yeah. I tried to do them in a somewhat timely manner, and I loved them. All loved oh. them all. You guys are unfamiliar with all three. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm familiar with the, the thing about Pam. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife was was watching that, and so by the time I realized she was watching it, she was already three episodes in. And I was like, eh, I'll just catch the next thing. So I just binged. Mm-hmm. I binged inventing Anna instead. I couldn't sit through that one. Yeah, so well, I did was, not like it's, that it's, one. It's Shondaland. I mean, honestly, I, I think that, with the exception of Grey's Anatomy, everything she's made is great. Oh, really? So, yeah, the Grey's uh, yeah, and I, I've never liked anything she's ever done. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. Swimming so, upstream, so. right? <laughs> Most popular creator of television in the past twenty years, yes. and I don't like her. Okay. <laughs> it's only fair yeah. because he doesn't like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So exactly, which is which is possibly the is. Are there other Quentin Tarantino movies you like, or did that was that the only one that hit you, Mandy? No, I'm I'm a huge fan. Uh, Reservoir okay. Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards. I think might be my favorite of them all. I love that one. Okay, and then there are a couple I just haven't seen or that missed the mark right. for me. But yeah. I, I I really I dig him. Yes, no, I, I I feel the same way with the exception of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just you know that's just I'm, I'm weird that way. So. <laughs> It's all good. It is all good. You know, it's not all good for Netflix, guys. No. no. I'm queen of transitions. I'm so proud of that. Uh, (laughs) Netflix is losing subscribers. You want to tell us about it? uh, Yes, they are for the first time in 10 years. Full decade straight of it. Now, it's it's an interesting. I find the story fairly interesting for really a couple reasons. One, they're making a big deal of it, but then when you start reading through the article about why they are doing it, it's well because they decided because of world events to turn off their service in Russia. And so because of doing that, they lost a bunch of customers in Russia, which will happen if you turn your service off there. And therefore, they've now had uh, fewer subscribers. And so it's it's one of those stories. And also it's weird because it's like they're, you know, they're currently down. They dropped down 
to only 221.84 million subscribers. So, mm-hmm. so really, they're going to go bankrupt next week. Because you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to get by with, uh, you know, just what is that, uh, two billion a month, of something in money. And so, but the 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 interesting thing to me about it is that they are Netflix is finally really even with this um, slight turn of events, they're starting to really seeing a bit of effect of the streaming wars, and that they're now looking at things around the edges that are that are happening. People where because of HBO Max and Hulu and Amazon Prime, uh, sorry, yes, Amazon Prime or Amazon yeah, it's, just, it's still Amazon Prime, not Amazon Plus yet, right? I, I just want to call them all Plus. <laughs> you know, Disney Plus and um, what's the other big one? Amazon, yeah, Disney Plus and HBO Max. So uh, with those, then that, you know, people are starting to try to pick and choose what they're what they're doing and they're right. concerned people aren't going to choose Netflix. But then Netflix is now looking at trying to create different subscription models where they won't let you have multiple profiles anymore because they believe that people are network, uh, sorry, are password sharing and that is what is causing the dip. And, you know, being someone who has heard of people that password share, I mean, I'm sure it happens, but if you still, if you have 221.84, 221.84 unique passwords out there and you happen to have a couple that are shared, it shouldn't matter. But they are now going to try to play with other subscription models where they have an advertising-based one that's cheaper or mm-hmm. they'll try to do some type of way to penalize you for having, uh, for sharing your password. But I think a lot of that is that they may try to lock down multiple profiles, which I, I think that would hurt them more than help them because then, you know, I don't want to have the same list that my kids get, you know, and so, you know, so therefore, like, yeah, I like to have my list curated to my tastes and, and styles, and I don't, I, I don't want to have my list curated to, you know, some YouTube star that I've never heard of made a, but made a show. A shameful admission, my list and my my 12-year-old son's list are so identical. Like Jim Carrey movies, <laughs> Phineas and Ferb, I'm down for it all. Okay. It's, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there you go. So I wouldn't even notice the switch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh, Sonic too, great." Yes. <laughs> you know, I think it's. Uh, I think it makes absolutely no sense to blame any of this on password sharing because, f- for one thing, you have to assume that every other subscription-based service suffers from password sharing too. I I, I know that. Every single service I ever had, I, I didn't, I, you know, I paid for my own subscription, but I, I know everybody uh, of was sharing. Of course you I, did, right? I did. Yes. It's the same <laughs> but, with me uh, and all of my friends, if anyone is listening. <laughs> but especially whenever their loss in subscribers has just only now just happened, like they only now just saw a dip, you're only now just going to blame that on password sharing when it's been going on since its inception yeah Yeah. no i agree and also you're going to blame that on a blip where you cut your service off from an entire country sure now because i get to drive which is so thrilling drunk with the power ray i want to ask you about uh spider-man across the spider-verse getting delayed sure well apparently uh the sequel to spider-man into the spider-verse which came out in 2018 yeah um, and we all agree, perfection, right? Yes. All right. Awesome movie. It was all right. Mm. Your face is all right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Ray. Well played. Yes. But, point for I'm, point. I'm going to keep score through the whole podcast, I'm and that was a point to, for Ray. I'm going to go to my place <laughs> where I have just been put. Go back under your rock. 
So obviously, because that was such a huge, huge success for Sony, uh, inevitably there would be a sequel. And that sequel called Across the Spider-Verse was originally supposed to come out in October of this year, 2022. But for some unclear reason, they have postponed the release until June of 2023. Um, My guess is just because it happened with the first one that because of the complex animation process, they still have some, some bugs they want to work out so that they're not putting a, for lack of a better word, a lackluster film out on the market when it could be just a little bit better, or, you know, they could just want to take out all the references to Morbius. Uh, Not good. Uh, Or they want it, to be so good that it makes our list of sequels that are better than the originals. Maybe. So they're just, that's their only aim is to get on this podcast. Yeah. But in, that, in a year. Isn't that why all movies are made? <laughs> to get on this podcast. Yeah, you're right, you're right. If we're not mentioning yeah. them, I mean, do they exist? I think not. Those poor movies. So that's what we know about that so far, anyway. But no specific yeah. reason given, just... Not, not that I've seen. No, no there's nothing. I, I, I agree with your assessment, Ray, that it is all just a, a technical thing that they're trying to get it buttoned up so it's a bit better. You know, and it, when it comes out, it'll be number one, and it'll be. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it will be. I'm going to say fair to Midland. I'm going to give you negative one point for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other. A headline that caught my eye, Ray, is Affleck and Damon teaming up for a Nike Michael Jordan flick. Yeah. So I saw this in the news yesterday. Um, There's been this movie about Nike executive Sonny Vaccaro. I I don't know how you pronounce his name. I'm going to go with Vaccaro. Mm -hmm. And there's been this idea for this movie about him going through the efforts to sign Michael Jordan to an endorsement deal. Apparently it has now fallen to Affleck and Damon to do like a major script overhaul, co-write the script together. They plan on co-producing it and also co-starring in it with Affleck directing. How do you like them apples? Right? I like it. I well, I'm a fan of them together. Yes. Especially their their last outing was great with the was it the last duel that I really enjoyed. Oh, wasn't that like universally panned? No, I think. And this is, I'm sorry to hijack this for a moment. I will say this because this movie is, was, uh, it was a great movie and it should have been a bigger deal. The problem this movie had is this is a movie made for 40 year olds. It's made for adults and they released it in the middle of a pandemic. And so mm-hmm. therefore it did not make any money. It was not oh. critically and the reception of it was pretty good, but it made no oh. money because everybody that okay. really is geared to who would go out to the theater and see this was, was staying home. Okay. And so, yeah, but it was, it was a Got very, it. very good. It was a great movie. I don't know. Have you seen, have, have either of you seen The Last Duel? Mm-hmm. No, but I loved Goodwill Hunting Two Hunting Season. Yes, that, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Hunting Season was great, especially the 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 uh, the acting exercises they did before each scene. Uh, that was that was amazing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, this the, the 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 plot and everything in the story of the of the last duel was was great and amazing. It's, it's set in 1300s France, and so mm-hmm. um, and it's it's about a, a woman who. Um, so a woman who's uh, the woman that's oh goodness she's the woman from Killing Eve, 
is the actress's name. I don't remember. Jodie Comer. Thank you. So Jodie Comer plays. I get a point. There you go. You get a point. <laughs> Jodie Comer plays. I'm just going to just dive in what this is because I, I think this movie's great. And if you haven't seen it, everybody should. Um, uh, but it's uh, so Jodie Comer plays a character who she is accusing. Um, uh, so she's married to Matt Damon and she accuses the Adam Driver's character of uh, raping her. And so um, it's all about the the whole story takes place in three sections uh, from each of their different perspectives and points of view and uh, shows not only great, first off, there's great acting, great writing, great storytelling, the whole thing, but also one of the things that also that I think it brings home as well is just the the Jodie Comer's performance was great and also the um, fact that this is based on a true story. It really shows the amount of strength and bravery this woman had to have to do this at this time because she's just property legally and so there was right. there was a there's a lot of talk there's you know they 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 show not only you know the story of what happens and the story of what everyone's perspective is but they also even show the the trial and you know and and the consequences of the trial and how the you know what that all be whereas if she's found to be if if in effect if if they um one of the consequences she may face is being burned alive at the stake if she's not you know believed you know, and that, but but also that she had no standing with, because she's right. property without uh, her husband's uh, you know approval to do so, and then his motivations of why he's willing to stand by her, what he thinks of it, and what you know what the other people's perspectives are, and everything. So it's just it's just an all around. I'm, I'm trying not to wreck it while while describing it somewhat, but it is an all around great movie. Movies, more movies like this should be made, and if you haven't seen it, I recommend that you do. Not a comedy. No. No, it's not going to be on my is, son's Netflix. No, release no, it is, yeah. it is. It is a movie that is made for adults. It is not a comedy. Yes, it's not a comedy. And yeah, yeah, good. All right, all right. Sorry. So yeah, I'll wait till they make a Phineas and Ferb about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. If that wraps up our well, no, I, I interrupted roundup? the rest. I interrupted oh. about, about the 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 Michael, they're making the movie. About the, yeah, about the the signing of Michael Jordan and Nike, which I which I actually when he's done, I have one quibble about the whole idea. Oh. But that's really all I had to say about it, other than uh, it's being made by Amazon and Skydance. So it it, it looks uh, obviously there's a very talented group of people around it, and looks like it could be a good movie if done well. I just find it interesting that. Uh, I feel that they almost need to downplay the Michael Jordan part of it because it's clear from everything I've read about it that the there will not be an actor portraying Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan won't be in the movie in any way, and it's kind of just he's he's a tangential, he's like really? this exterior entity that exists that everybody knows what it is, but it is not. He's about like Vera him. on Cheers. He's exactly <laughs> my references are so odd. Minus yes. one point for yes. me. Sorry. No, no, no. He's, he's exactly like Vera on Cheers. He he maybe yeah. maybe they will look to the staircase of the of the of the bar to see if he's mm-hmm. gonna come in. He's not coming in. He's not coming he's in. He's not coming in that no. door. No, he's not he's not That was right. Norm's wife, right? Yes. Correct. Yes, Norm's wife yeah. on Cheers. Yeah. And then they okay. did it again on Fraser with Maris, Niles' wife. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Same exact, you know, uh trope. And they did it again and it was just as funny. Yeah. I think it'd be funny if they uh, brought Michael Jordan in and digitally de-aged him, like MCU <laughs> style. Well, yeah. They could, yeah, they could, although cheaper would be just, you know, they could throw some footage on him from the NBA, just having footage of him playing, and but that would be enough for it because the the idea behind just signing that sneaker deal, how it was so transformative, which which it was. There's never been anything that big before or since. Mm-hmm. Not until I get my deal. That's that's correct. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And, yes. Then, and then we'll all want to be like me. Look out, Michael Jordan. That's right. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think this is going to bring us to trailers. 
Ocean, you got in there first. Would you like to tell us what you brought? Sure. I will uh, start as you do with the synopsis. Um, so at, in the synopsis of the movie I, I picked is a slave in the antebellum South escapes her secluded plantation only to discover a shocking reality that lies beyond the tree line. This movie is Alice. In our gracious state of Georgia, our God-given land, the Lord has offered us domestic livestock. You must hit your head real hard. Do you know you're in Georgia? Do you know it's 1973? you to fill this out for me? I don't ride. I can help you. This is knowledge. We spent decades trying to make a change for the people. I know exactly who I am and where I came from. Who are you then? I'm free. How do I look? like you so the first thing you will notice by the trailer is that it is not about a woman who is getting by in a diner um and that it is a very <laughs> it's a very different uh a different take on well i guess it's a different take on a, on a on a familiar idea um i personally found interest in this really in two things one um was I like a good revenge flick, and that's clearly what this is from this trailer. And two, I, I um, you know, with other movies that were similar to it, with um, I think there was Ante, there was a movie Antebellum, which had a similar idea. And then um, also I like uh, Kiki Palmer, even though I've only seen the preview so far of Nope. So she's my she's my trailer person now lately is uh, for, for Nope. Um, but I like, I, I like I've liked her performances and other things I've seen her in. I think that this looks like a good, I, I like the idea of a idea for a different idea for a really a familiar idea. Because I like, you know, I like revenge films. So I think they're fun. And this is a great idea to do it. And um, Alice stars uh, Kiki Palmer, Common, and Johnny Lee Miller. And it is written and directed by Kristen Verlinden. And this is the first thing she's ever done. So, oh, that's so thrilling. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what did you guys think? <laughs> like, like, wow, that blew my mind. And I was just like, I cannot wait to see this. It's, And I'm watching this and it's like Lupita Nyong'o's character in 12 Years a Slave wakes up one day and becomes Pam Greer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this looks insane, and I thank you for picking this trailer because I don't think I would have seen it otherwise. Yeah. Really cool premise. What a cast. I, I'm such a fan of Common. <laughs> Little Crush, and well, I just think common. he's... <laughs> just, yeah, he's <laughs> What? I said, well, that's Common. Oh, okay. I got to take a point away. <laughs> Plus, you swore. So now, Ray, you're negative, too. Oh, um, yeah, but it'll, it'll get beeped out in post. I know. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting premise. I couldn't tell. Once I watched the whole thing, I was like, oh, is Johnny Lee Miller, like, was she back in Antebellum Times? Or is she on some weird property that he's keeping slaves in modern times or 1973? Oh, oh the latter. So yeah. that, like, it was like a double twist in a way, yeah. right? First, we think 
oh, it's, I thought, oh, it's a time travel movie, like where she wakes up in a different time. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized, oh no, he's just a twisted, sadistic bleep that, -hmm. you know, that was keeping her, oh, it's like even creepier, like that double twist. And he was unrecognizable. I watched the whole trailer going, who is that guy? I know, I know him. I know, I know him. And then it was Johnny Lee Miller. So Mm -hmm. I think it looks really interesting and well done and love a first time film filmmaker doing it really bold when's when, when's this coming out now for so it is already out it is set for theatrical release came, yes it apparently came out in march of 2022 march 18 2022 so i am i'm late to the, I, I am late to this recommendation is it just in theaters or? Um, yes that's what, that's what it says that the initial theatrical release is just in theaters okay but Moving on to Ray's trailer. Well, uh, I feel like this trailer is kind of obligatory. So uh, (laughs) I'll just go right to it. This is the teaser for the upcoming film Thor, Love and Thunder. These hands were once used for battle. Now they're but humble tools for peace. I need to figure out exactly who I am. I want to choose my own path. Live in the moment. My superheroing days are over. So this film finds our beloved Thor on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced, a quest for inner peace. But his retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore, the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, who seeks the extinction of the gods. And to combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who, to Thor's surprise, wields his magic hammer Mjolnir as the mighty Thor. And they come together and they fight God, Gore the God Butcher and it's Thor Love and Thunder. There it is. But uh, I am really looking forward to this movie. Uh, I, I I seem to be the only person that wasn't the biggest fan of Thor Ragnarok. But I, I mean, I liked it, but... Um, Blasphemy. That's what I get from everybody. I, I have broad shoulders. Yeah. But uh, but this this had a lot of cool stuff in the trailer. Uh, like, right out of the gate, like, the first shot is uh, we get a quick shot of the original comic book outfit from Thor, which I thought was interesting. Because now that Marvel has the rights to all these characters again, we're seeing all these comic-accurate costumes. Like, we got Scarlet Witch and we got... Um, well, now I can't think of any off the top of my head, but <laughs> we're getting a lot of these comic accurate costumes. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think that w- the direction they're going with Thor's overall MCU character arc is really, really cool because he starts out in the first movie as this entitled rich kid, basically. And he's sl- slowly coming to grips with what it is to be human, even though I guess technically he's not human, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in Avengers Endgame, you know, he was battling with depression and everything. And now we see 
him on the other side of that, you know, what does he want to do with his life now that Valkyrie is king of Asgard or new Asgard? Uh, what does Thor want to do with his life, basically? Um, I have a lot I could say about this, but what did you guys think? Well, I'm glad you explained it because that trailer did not. <laughs> I was like, just a teaser. What? It, right. I couldn't understand what I was watching and it's not my thing anyway. So I defer to you to you guys on this. Yeah. I, I, I guess I can start with mine. First off, I, you know, all I needed to see was that the trailer existed and I knew I was going to watch this movie. So I, I, I <laughs> so I, yeah, so that was all it was for me. The, from the trailer perspective itself, I think that, uh, I did not think, I did not recognize that to be Natalie Portman. I was curious if that was, and they just, you know, got her to, you know, kind of buff up a bit to look like that, or if they were going to have a different actress that could oh, wield the hammer. Um, the, the other part I do, I definitely do agree with you and resonate with what you said about how they have definitely had a lot of growth with the character of Thor in a lot of ways different than a lot of the other characters in the MCU. And, and, I, and I think it's partly just, you know, what they've decided to do with the character from the creative standpoint. But I, for my, my kind of working theory on it is that when they cast Thor, they said they wanted someone to look like Thor. Then Chris Hemsworth shows up and they said, well, I didn't mean actually Thor. I just wanted someone to look like <laughs> Thor. And then they, since he looks so much like Thor, he got the part. And then they made like the classic, you know, the, your kind of your classic character of Thor, but in not thinking he can act. And I think that maybe by the third movie or so, they realized, wait a minute, this Chris Hemsworth can actually act and has some range. And so then they could do more and play more with the character. And so I like the direction they're going with it. And I think that they are, you know, but I, I don't know that there's going to be a fifth one for Hemsworth or not, if they're going to try to go a different direction after this. But you know what? I don't care either way. If they do great and if they don't, I'm still going to probably watch and love this movie. I heard, isn't it possible that Natalie Portman is going to become Thor? Like yes. now that she has the hammer, like the next one will be her. Yeah, that is yeah. that is Instead. a possibility. Yeah she, yeah, she may be like, you know, I, I, I want a little bit more of that MCU cash. So I'll, I'll make a yep. couple movies. Yeah, well, I get a point if that comes true. Okay. <laughs> so in like four years, when that movie comes out, if it's her, I get a point retroactively back to this one. You absolutely keep, do keep track. because that <laughs> no one could have seen that coming at all. That you, you the, the your ability to predict that would have been you know. Yeah. I'm wicked un, smart. Un, yeah, exactly. Unheard of. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very happy for you guys to see this movie, and I can't wait to hear all about it. Well, uh, your 12 year old may like it. I don't he know. Will. If does yeah, he yeah. Like, does he He's, like the other Thor movies? He likes Thor the least of all the MCU, but he okay. watches every MCU. So. Okay, so then he'll, yeah. he'll be able to give you a report on it and tell you all about it. I can't wait. Yes, and then it'll show up on your Netflix queue. Exactly. So. Uh, or Disney Plus, to be accurate. Okay, right. so mm, my you. trailer, also a sequel, but I went TV show. And hearing you guys read your synopses so beautifully for your trailers made me feel like... Uh, a derelict. I did not get a synopsis, and I never have when I've done a trailer. So, notions like, of course, this is how you introduce a trailer, and I was like, gulp, and I looked, and I couldn't do it really quickly. So, I will tell you, it is the story of a flight attendant. Spoiler alert: who drinks her way through season one with hallucinations and mistaken identity, and is, did she commit a crime or did she not? And it was fantastic. And really a revelation for Kaylee Cuoco in a dramatic role. And she produced it. She got the book, which I loved. And she made this series. And now here's the trailer for season two of Flight Attendant. My life and everything, it just all feels 
pretty great. Since I quit drinking, I've been making changes. You have throw pillows? It's like somebody lives here. You're an important part of my life. You know, maybe we should move in together. Hello, gorgeous. Hello, beauty. You seem very put together. Do I? We should hang out in Berlin. I actually have to work when I get there. You have work in Germany? It literally feels like you're living in a spy novel. What's going on, Cass? I'm an asset for the CIA. <laughs> I know, we said no more secrets, but you were just about to guess it anyway. What does it matter? Cassia was like literally nowhere close to figuring that out. My family always said I was the bad job. There are a lot of weird things going on around me. I'm starting to think that someone is pretending to be me. It sounds like someone's trying to frame you. I have worked so hard to build this new life, and I am holding on to it with everything that I have. Are you? Are you me? Oh, God, don't answer that. But you think you're going to find some hot dead guy in here again? <laughs> what the? This, before anybody asks me, this is dropping right now. We just looked on our HBO Max and it's there. Like our first two episodes are there. So I'm Sweet. very excited to see this. I, in a way, object to a season two. The, the book was complete. The first season was complete. And mm. then it did so well. They were like, well, we're going to make more. And that always worries me. So I'm a little trepidatious about go, about a season two. But if it now she's clean and sober and then... Halfway through this trailer, they introduce that she's still somewhat hallucinating and talking to people that aren't there, like the victim of the crime in the first season. Did either one of you watch the first season? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. no, I'm, okay. I'm familiar with it, but I've not seen it. Yeah. So she wakes up next to a dead guy in the first season, and he's in the whole season as her subconscious, like guiding her through how to fight, figure out what happened. And that's such an important element of this character that she has somebody talking to her in her subconscious and then in this one it's other versions of herself talking to her with different fancy dresses and hairstyles so <laughs> we'll see how that works out did this intrigue you at all did it make you think i want to go back and watch the first season Bone actually up. it did Yay. so uh, uh i actually do intend to check out season one of that there was a really interesting trailer it was completely bonkers i had no idea what was going on but it looked really cool and um it looked like Kaylee Cuoco has some pretty decent acting chops too. She does, and she does not pay me to say that. <laughs> do you do you know? Because uh, you said this does not go with the novel. The novel was completed in season one. You said. Yep. Do you know if the author had anything to do with the making of season two? That's a great question. Uh, he's a very prolific author, Chris Bojalian, and I've read a bunch of his stuff. But I'm not sure if he is involved in this. I'm going to have the research department get right on that and get an answer for you, Ray, while Ocean tells us what he thought of this trailer. Oh, I thought the trailer was good. It looks like a very well-made, um, pretty entertaining show. I, I know for, for me, it's just I'm, you know, you ever watch something and you're like, hey, that looks good, but I think I'm outside of the demo. I just, I just feel like yeah. I'm outside of the demo. <laughs> So, I feel that way hey. about all the MCs. <laughs> yeah, just I'm like, yeah, just, don't let you know. It's, it's it's not even a thing. It would be better if it was something that you watch and you're like, oh, oh well, that looks like garbage, and it it doesn't. It looks it looks entertaining and fine and, and everything, but it just looks like yeah. And and so I'll, I'll wait to hear other people tell me how great it is. 
Dude, you don't let anybody tell you what the demographic is. You make your own demographic. (laughs) Uh, Research just got back to me that Chris Bojalian did, in fact, participate in season two as well. Nice. Which is cool that he got to continue his own story in his own world that he created Mm -hmm. beautifully for season one. It's definitely uh, more encouraging whenever you see something like that as opposed to, you know, someone wanting to milk a property and, you know, forget what the author originally had intended or what have you. Right. Um, All right, guys. That was trailers. Are we ready for games? Yeah, what you got? Okay, so I was inspired by sequels. And that's our list topic today. And I was inspired by bad sequels rather than good sequels. (laughs) So I found a list of the worst sequels of all time. It's going to be a long list. Well, there are some doozies. (laughs) I'm going to start reading the descriptions, leaving out actors' names and like real big indicators. When you know what movie I'm talking about, say your name. Buzz in by saying your name. Okay. And if you can say like, oh, that's the Star Wars sequel, you get a point. But if you can say, and it's called Empire Strikes Back, you get two points. Because some of these titles are hilarious. So I don't want to just hear like, that's the sequel to blank. Right? Okay. I want to know the actual name of the sequel. Some of these are very hard. Got it. And are they Alrighty. always the second movie in the series? Or are they just I believe after so. The They're, first? Okay. Yeah, no, some of them I think are not. The second. Some of okay. them might be Sleepaway Camp in Four. Innocent. Yeah. So um this like I'll start with one that I think will be easier. A story as unlikely as the original, with a New York City cop stumbling into a hostage situation in a Los Angeles skyscraper, probably shouldn't have gotten a sequel in the first place. How could a guy like this lead character accidentally find himself in the middle of another improbable terrorist attack. Yeah, I was going to say. Ray, yes. Die Hard 2. Okay, so you get a point for Die Hard, but I didn't get to enough telling things for you to know which movie this is, so I'm going to give you a little more. You ready? Okay, okay. Uh, The franchise came to an end with this movie, with McLean fighting faceless bad guys in Russia with his rebellious son, Jack. Everything Ray. was off. Yeah. Good day to die hard. Yeah. See, that that's how it's done, Ray. Awful. <laughs> that's how it's done. Okay. So I knew so, you guys would know that. Got it. So that was the, like, okay. So they're not always the second. Awesome. So I'm ready. It's the okay. only bad die hard movie. Fans desperately wanted to know what happened to this lead character after the events of the original. And they got their wish with this sequel. But you know what they say about being careful what you wish for. The writer-director turned this lead character into another Rocky, a working-class underdog with big dreams who seizes an opportunity to become an overnight star. In this character's case, that's as the lead in a Broadway show called Satan's Alley, a musical that involves no singing and no story, but does involve guys dressed like leather daddies whipping the lead actor while scantily clad women writhe in the background. Has this director ever seen a Broadway show before he made this movie? It doesn't look like it. I have no idea, but I think I want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) If I tell you... Is it Magic Mike 2? No. Okay. The lead character's name is Tony Monero. 
The lead actor is John Travolta. Oh, is this? Oh, okay. I know what this is. This is um, Saturday Night Fever. Saturday, Saturday, no, no, it's, not, it's staying alive. Right. It's staying alive. I'll okay. give you a point, so Ocean, have, for knowing have, the title, but we have zero points. I, I spoon it's, fed it's, you. It's, it's zero points. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah. Not, that's not worth any points. Right. Oh God! I mean, you guys got to get drunk and watch Staying Alive one night. It is. <laughs> oh, it is really bad, but so bad it circles back around to good. All right. <laughs> Any actor would have a tough time filling the original actor's shoes. But I'm not sure the best solution for replacing him was to give his character a cloying kid sidekick. Supposedly, the director wanted Macaulay Culkin for the role, but that didn't work out, at which point they probably should have cut the whole subplot entirely. The music in this sequel is at least up to the standard set by the original film, but just about everything else from the comedy to the characters stinks. In the climactic Battle of the Bands... The lead characters magically transform into dancing zombies, which is a terrible scene, but does at least serve as a nice metaphor for the lifelessness of this whole misguided enterprise. Lead character's name was Elwood. Oh, Oh, Blues Blues Brothers Brothers 2000. 2000. You each get a point. You came in with that title. These are hard, aren't they? That was was an awful sequel. Yeah. Right? The Blues Brothers was one of my favorite movies, but that sequel was rough. Okay, this is a softball. You ready? Okay, yes. We we clearly aren't ready for the hard ones. (laughs) The first one mercilessly satirized the vapid fashion world. The only thing the sequel makes fun of is the first movie, with characters constantly mocking themselves for being old and out of touch. Right. Yes. Zoolander 2. Yes. Ray for two points. Well done. Oh, God. I didn't know this happened, so I need to read this one. I don't know if you'll know it. This lead actress's ability to make even the silliest dialogue sound erotic verges on the superhuman. But despite her prodigious talents, this movie is a dud from top to bottom. She acts, or really overacts, circles around the male lead, David Morrissey, whose character never for one second seems like her equal. It's not ever clear why she's interested in him, unless she senses he's an easy target and decides to devour him for the lols like a praying mantis. Her Catherine looks like she's having a blast playing with her food, but Morrissey's psychiatrist is such a wet noodle that there's not much fun in her torturing him because there's no tension about how things are going to turn out. It's like watching the 1992 Dream Team take on a bunch of kids from the local rec center. (laughs) Catherine's supposed to be addicted to risk, but she takes none squaring off with this loser. Catherine is played by Sharon Stone. Ocean, are you talking about Basic Instinct 2? Yeah. I didn't know that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't either. Yeah, there was. I, I mean, I, I watched two, 15 minutes of that, and then I had to bail. Yep. Um, all right. A couple more? Yes. Let, let's yeah. see if we can. Come on, These Ray, are we going to, so well. We, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're doing so well, right? We need to we need, we'd actually get one get before <laughs> she's like. And the first is three words in the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, right. right, right, right. It rhymes with odd father too okay um in this movie warner brothers depicted itself as a soulless collection of ip controlled by an evil algorithm truly a hall of fame cinematic yeah is it space jam too 
it is Space Jam Two. What's Jam, the name? The the, the uh, new legacy. Yes, Ray. Ocean, you are embarrassing yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am. Can I talk to you sidebar for a second? Uh, yeah. You got to step it up, man. I'm, 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 I'm really trying. I've been, you know, working out and eating my Wheaties, but it's not, it's not happening right now. But it's not happening. All right, all right let's uh, let's go old school. Let's see, Ready? Right, see if I can get better. Uh, sorry, Ray. We're back. For a peek into how one of the most beloved comedies in history became one of the most reviled sequels ever, check out this Sports Illustrated article from 2020. In short, Warner Brothers needed a comedy for the summer of 1988 and paid an enormous amount to the two actors to get them to return for the sequel. One convinced the co-writer and director to write the screenplay, but he admitted to Sports Illustrated that his heart wasn't in the project, and this actor hated the script he wrote. At the last minute, he quit. Warner's was still so desperate for a hit that they plunged ahead anyway, recruiting Jackie Mason to replace him as the film's wealthy slob who sticks it to the uptight wasps of the Bushwood Country Club. Oh, Jackie Mason. Yes. It's Caddyshack, too. It is Caddyshack, too. Another thing I didn't know happened. I haven't yep. seen any yeah. any of those sequels. Yeah. Sequels. They are not for my demo demographic. Is that how you phrased it before? I, I said I'm not, <laughs> a, part of, I am not a part of the demo. But this was the first one I saw that made me want to do this, so we'll end on this one because I think it's amazing. The original <laughs> movie worked because it combined curmudgeonly lead actor with a team of obnoxious misfit kids. The sight of him crudely coaching them was good enough for a series of laughs. By the third oh, sure. film, yes. Oh, you said third. That's third film. Uh, it's Bad News Bears, right? Yes, okay. what's the name Bad of the movie? Bad News Bears, I don't remember the name of the Bad News Bears 3. I, it's a, Bad News okay. Bears, oh, uh, is it the one where they go to Tokyo? Yes! Yeah, the, the Bad News Bears in Tokyo. <laughs> Bad News Bears go, <laughs> go, to, to, Japan. go to Japan. Go to Japan, yes. Okay, yeah. That was yeah. the name of the movie. Yes. Oh, you guys are tied. And we're going to leave it there because I love friendship. That's right. Friendship wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And they replaced him with Tony Curtis as a sleazy sports promoter. Oh, Wasn't God. That the other half of the odd couple? No, there wasn't Walter Matha. Who, who started in the first one? Walter, Walter Matha was the original. The yeah, yeah, so it is. It's, it, they just grabbed the other half of the odd couple and threw him in there. No, Tony, no, not, no, to- Tony Curtis. Jack Lennon Tony was Randall. the other guy. No, Tony Randall was Randall. on that. Okay. Okay. Oh, and Jack Lemon from the movie with Walter Matthau, sorry. And then it was Tony Curtis and What's-His-Face in the TV show, Odd Couple. Okay. But Jack Lemon in the movie. Okay. Where he was right. I've confused, the whole, right. I've confused the whole point. But yes, I, yeah, it was the one that went to Japan. It was... Oh, God, that's so funny that you would know that. <laughs> yeah. That is my bad sequels game. And now I'm going to tell the people some fun stuff. That, if you're not a member, but you would like to become one, just head over to thenextreel.com slash membership. It'll cost you five bucks a month. Members get access to live streams as we record, early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, access to the super secret member channels in Discord, member bonus episodes, and even stickers. And if you're wondering what movies The Next Reel is going to be talking about in the coming weeks and months, you can visit our HQ page on Letterboxd, where you'll find a list of all the movies in the 2022 season. And while you're there, Letterboxd is offering a discount to anyone listening to The Next Reel. Yep, just use the code NEXTREEL at checkout, which is in all caps, so I assume you have to shout it as you type it. And you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to pro or patron with a 20% off discount. And that is also good for renewals. I did it. 
Woo! One of these days, I'm going to read it like legal, just really fast and flat. That'll thrill. Oh, yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It is time for our list challenge. And the topic was when the sequel is better than the movie before it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you all heard the announcement, so please follow me in an orderly fashion and remember, walk, do not run. Daddy, Daddy, look at the fish! So this is subjective, is it not? You know, I, I, I think, I mean, my list is right, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like your swagger. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you kick us off? Right, it's, um, uh, Ocean, you were first, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. So my first movie has things that are common in franchises. Lots of guns, lots of characters, lots of killings, and of course, seven feet aliens. Um, and the movie, the, my first choice is the movie Predators. Uh, Predators is the fifth movie featuring the, the character in the, in the Predators uh, franchise. Uh, and it started with the classic Predator and, fo- and followed by the lesser loved Predator 2, which I didn't think was all that bad, um, you know, but not everybody loved it. And, and then after the, the, then they decided to go Aliens vs. Predator. And after the second Aliens vs. Predator movie, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, uh, that movie was so bad. It looked like that the, the Predator character was going to be uh, relegated to the B-movie monster lore bin. And, now, and then Robert Rodriguez came and rescued the honor of the character by making Predators. <laughs> Uh, and the single vision he used to make this movie, which I, I personally loved, was I'm going. To, he said, "I will. We will pretend that the first Predator movie was made, and nothing else." And yeah. and, and and so they made a great uh, movie. They made a great movie. I, I saw the classic when it was new, so nothing will ever top it as far as Predator movies go for me. But this is of my, clearly my far and away the, my second favorite Predators uh, Predator movie, and it is miles and miles and miles better than the movie that preceded it, which is Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. And uh, the, But the, if you haven't seen it, not going to spoil it for you here. Go see it. It's great. You know, that might be good fodder for Silver Linings. Wink. You mean Requiem? No! Predators. Pre- I don't think... Pre- I think Predators was were very well received. Because okay. then, then what? Uh, of course, you know, and of course, then uh, you know the the unfortunate epilogue of uh, of Predators is it was followed up by another Predator movie that was garbage, just oh, straight the garbage. The, 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 yes, called the Predator. It was it's awful. I'm so sorry that yeah. happened to you. Ocean. Yes, yes, me too. So I thought we were getting on the high and I did not. Ray, what you got? Alrighty, so my first pick is. A very new movie that's not even a full year old yet, I don't think. And uh, this might be a little bit of a hot take. Um, but my first pick is Halloween Kills. Oh. Which I believe is a big step up from 2018's Halloween, which in itself was a really, really good movie. Um, Halloween Kills just really amped up the story, amped up the kills. One, Have you guys seen Halloween Kills? No. No, I have not. Okay. I'm nodding on a podcast. Yes, no, I have not seen it yet. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to spoil one of my favorite kills in the movie. Okay. Sure. One of my, I thought it was just really cool to see this on the screen is Michael Myers takes one of those uh, tube fluorescent light bulbs, cracks it in half, and then stabs a person in the neck with it. Yeah, been there. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just one of the most creative looking kills I've ever seen. But there is so much gore in that movie that it is such an entertaining movie. Uh, and I really cannot wait for Halloween Ends, which comes out this year. But yeah, that's my first pick Halloween Kills. All right. Sounds disgusting. Nice. Um, <laughs> Well, what's your pick then? Well, I'm I'm going to choose something that I never would have thought. I asked my husband for his input on this because I was a little stuck. And he informed me that there is a large faction of people that believe that The Empire Strikes Back is better than The New Hope. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to say uh, Empire Strikes Back, right? <laughs> I've heard of all of those words. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my pick. Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it is better than A New Hope. Oh, I'm so glad yes, I'm correct. Quite, quite a bit. On the ocean scale. Yes. It's up for debate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh. Mm. Boys. All right. Boys, yeah, you exactly. just tied. You got along so well. I don't, don't. I don't think I don't think we want to go down the Star Wars rabbit hole because there's so many things. I think Rise of Skywalker is the best. Well, I'm totally kidding, that's... by the way. I feel like you just made up a title. <laughs> it's it's the last one. Oh. It, it's the one where they basically decided to pretend that the one that happened before didn't happen. It was just it, Which it was crazy. I think is how it will also be a common theme, right? <laughs> Sequels where they just like don't just acknowledge. Like, yeah, they just acknowledge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. They just, yeah, it was, it was literally like they just like took an etch sketch of the one that happened before and be like, nope, that didn't happen. This is what's going to happen. All right. Good uh, okay, so I believe I'm up next. Yes. All right. And so this one, uh, so my next movie is different from the others in my list. Be in that, and what I mean by that is the movie that I think that it is better than I do not actually think is bad. Um, so the my next movie that I'm picking is Fast Five, and I picked Fast Five because the fourth the fourth Fast and the Furious movie uh, was really just a slightly over muscled version of the basic street racers needed street racers needed in order to help the FBI stop some crime thing, and then this time it's drugs, you know, and that's all the Fast and the Fast and Furious was. Oh, sorry. Fast and Furious, because that's what the fourth one is. But the fifth one, and the real reason why I think that Fast Five is so much better, is because that it is the first, it is the first in what is now nine movies and counting um, to figure out that the characters could be used in a broader way. Uh, this movie is not just street rage for stopping a crime. It is a group of friends uh, getting together with different skill sets and figuring out how they're going to then pull off a heist. And um, you know, the subsequent movies are bigger and crazier. Uh, but this one, in my opinion, is, is the best of, of them all uh, because really the the story works. You know, the heist actually is unexpected and actually and well done. Um, I can I can defend this movie, you know, and say it actually is a good story with some, you know, some crazy car stunts sprinkled in. Uh, and, and the following, you know, every movie since Fast Five, which uh, all of them I, I love. They're all just crazy stories with these insane car stunts all over the place. Uh, but Fast Five to me was really, when you look at that, their whole progression, it was a giant step up from what it did before because it really brought a real taught good story to the franchise. I'm going to pick a fight with you because I picked Tokyo Drift. I'm just kidding. I don't know what that means. I just, I just know that was one of the movies. Okay. And, and you've been correct because Tokyo Drift, while not good, was better than Too Fast, Too Furious because oh. just about every movie is better than Too Fast, Too Furious. Like, that's, that's the one you don't, that's the one you don't mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I just thought that was a funny name, and I like to talk about Tokyo Drift. I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie in my life, so nor have yeah. I, Ray. There is it's 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 popcorn. It's it's straight popcorn fun action. Go with it, and if you, yeah, that's that's all it is. Except for Fast Five. Fast Five actually has a decent story. It's kind of different. All right, all right. <laughs> Ray. All right, my next pick. I'm very curious to see uh, if you guys agree with me or not. Is the fourth movie in a series? Uh, it's a series about five high school friends who uh, get into some shenanigans. And uh, the Breakfast this one, Club Five. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> this one. Um, now it's brunch. That's what it's called. All right. Okay. Sorry. This one takes place um, more than a decade after the first movie. They come back for their high school reunion in American Reunion, which I thought was better than American Wedding. Never but, seen uh, it. American Reunion was after Wedding? So it was Wedding yes. then Reunion? Okay. I, I thought American Wedding fell a little bit flat. The uh, I, I love the American Pie movies, the theatrically released ones. American Wedding was okay, but uh, they lost one of their main characters and it just didn't have quite the heft that it should have. And when they got the entire cast back together for American reunion, uh, it really helped a lot there. Plus the fact that it's, they're all adults and they're going through adult problems now, instead of the usual high school uh, shenanigans or what have you, uh, I thought made it different enough to, you know, be, more distinct, have its own distinction. Yeah, I'm very right. redundant. <laughs> no, I, I, I never would have thought of it, and I, I only watched the first one, which was great and funny, and you know, I didn't go beyond that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw most of them. I think I stopped at wedding. I don't know. I don't know that I saw reunion either. Sounds well, like you, you made a grave mistake, yeah, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, apparently I stopped. Apparently I ended on a low note. You right. did. Yeah. All right. So I think I bring this movie up every time I podcast because it is one of my favorite laugh out loud comedies. And it is a sequel of sorts. It's not a remake as the character of Rusty clearly states in the opening scene when he's like, we're going on a family vacation. It's a different vacation, entirely different than the one my family took 30 years ago. And I could watch this movie over and over and laugh my ass off every time. Ocean, don't look at me like that. I love this movie. It is Vacation, the new one with Ed Helms and Christina Applegate. You know, I can't think about that movie without thinking about you. Oh, that makes me so ridiculously happy. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know that I've seen that one. I don't Ocean. know, And I don't know why I haven't seen that one. I think I wanted to see that one. I just don't know that I have. I'll, now, I'll, have to, I'll have to go find that one. My husband is like a diehard National Lampoon vacation, you know, from childhood to today. It's one of his favorite, favorite movies. Wait. But he, the original with Chevy Chase, he right, right. is like, but he suggested this movie for this list because he's like, it's just funnier. It's just like laugh out loud funny. It doesn't have the heart of the original with like the family, you know, but it's, it is just so much bang for your buck in terms of laughter. So then, but I don't, since I'm not, I'm not remembering exactly. Is this one after Christmas vacation? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, well <laughs> after. This one is like 2016, I think. And 
It's Rusty all grown up and Rusty is taking his family on a vacation, recreating his family vacation from his childhood. Right, but I guess what I mean is that in the in the series of movies, so because we're mm-hmm. saying this is better, so you're saying this is better than Christmas Vacation. I'm saying it's better than the original, than all of them. Okay. Even though it's like the fourth, I don't know how many there were. I okay. never really, I saw European. Yeah, European is the then second. I Christmas is the third, because Christmas is my what favorite. What about Vegas Vacation? Vegas, oh, Vegas yeah, there's a bunch of them. So then this is after, okay. I think this is Vegas better is than all of them. Yeah, all right. It's a bold statement, but it's true. I, I was I was going to ask questions about is it better than Christmas Vacation because Christmas Vacation was like side splittingly funny. I've never seen it. So, oh, you haven't? And you well, no. Nope. Well, then there you go. So we it looks like we each have homework. I am shocked. Yeah, it looks like yeah. yeah it looks like we both have homework. Yep. All right. All right, Ocean. For any of you that have listened to one of my more recent film board episodes, uh, you will know that I live my life with the unfailing belief. That if you have a bad movie and you want to make it better, you only need one ingredient. Batman. And so, <laughs> <laughs> however, <laughs> however, uh, the Batman and Robin movie tested my theory to the breaking point and started an eight-year period where no movies had Batman in them anymore. It was a very sad, dark ages for me. Um, enter... Batman Begins, uh, the movie that resurrected the cinematic version of the character and set the tone to guarantee we would never go more than four years without Batman in cinema. So it's Batman Begins? So I'm saying that Batman Begins is the movie, and it, it, it succeeded right. Batman and Robin, which, now, wait a which minute. I, know, I, I, know, yeah, I know you have a soft spot for it. But well, no, I mean, no. It's, I do, but yeah. that aside... Wait, can you really call Batman Begins a sequel? It's the next one in the series. We can do whatever we want, right? Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I just went with the next one in, in the series. I mean, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I will allow it. Okay. What are you doing? Texting the sequel police? Just <laughs> let him have his choice. <laughs> Fine choice, Ocean. All, All right. right, Ray. Uh, for my final pick... Uh, it's actually what I think is the very first horror movie sequel ever made. 1935's Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, nice. I, anybody who has listened to, to, to kind of rip off what Ocean said, anyone who listens to me in anything knows how much I love um, universal monster movies. And Frankenstein is my favorite. And Bride of Frankenstein, which came four years later, just really improved on everything that the first movie did. Uh, It made the monster uh, a relatable, even lovable figure, empathetic or or sympathetic. It has more humor. It has just any everything. It has more action, more humor. It, it's such a great movie, and it has so many iconic scenes. The scene with the uh, the blind hermit and the monster that was lovingly ripped off in Young Frankenstein with Gene Hackman, and um, obviously the she's alive moment with oh. the bride finally coming yeah. to life at the end and hissing and spitting. And just such a great movie. Well, bride of Frankenstein. Sat Matt historian Ray Delancey. Classing up the podcast. Thank you. I try. Yeah. And I'm about to 
take all the class and throw it out the GD window. Because <laughs> my choice, this is the first and only film that occurred to me. It's the only one I wanted to talk about. But I feel like it's a mic drop and maybe we shouldn't talk about it because I know you guys are going to just say, you're right, that's the best sequel of all time. And everybody agrees. And there's no controversy. It's Grease 2. Okay, so for next week... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love it more than the original. And when I was growing up, Olivia Newton-John was my idol. I loved her and worshipped her. And then I met Stephanie Zanoni with those bangs and that bubblegum. And ooh, well, she, I had a new idol. She needs she needs a cool writer. She, she needs C-O-L-R-I-D-R. one, yeah. R-I-D-R, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, God, I do I love that movie. I love that movie when I was a kid. Uh, Grease okay. 2 is great. Yeah. No, Grease 2 is great. I loved it as a kid. I've, interestingly though, I've never seen Grease. Oh, okay. Yeah, I only saw Grease 2. <laughs> and that was it. I saw Grease 2. And that's I was like, all you oh, need. That's all I needed. Right. I was like, I was like Grease can't be as good as this. It's done. No. I, you're 100% you're right. right. Grease 2 is better than Grease. And I've never seen it, and I, but I agree with you 100%. Damn straight. We have a task at hand to come up with a list topic for next week. And I had two that as we were talking, I was like, oh, there's one, there's one. Uh, but then I think I might have just, the third one came to me inspired by our friend Ray Delancey, that Matt historian, when he talked about that kill. Have we done craziest kills? We might have. Oh, with the, um, because it's about the kill of the, what is it, like, took With the, the light, light bulb. bulb and the, yeah, but have we done, like, most insane, over-the-top best kills? I don't think so. I don't know. I'd have to. Do you guys yeah. like that as a topic? Search the code. So, so, that's fine. Well, that's honestly yeah. what I was going to start doing. But yeah, no, I think that that works. So like, so is there a way we want to define craziest? This craziest kill in terms of. Most over the, the top. In terms of the method. Right? Like, we want to do it that way. Like, the, the craziest in terms of the method of the kill, not like something where, like, you have times where characters who die and it's just, it's insane that they got killed at the end or killed in midway or something oh, like that. No. You know, but like, they, but <laughs> they died, like, you know, by a heart attack or something like, you know, but like the method. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. So then, yeah, so, so, do the craziest or most over the top method of killing or. <laughs> To make sure that they go to the right direction. That By the method. method. Right. We'll see. All exactly. Right. Well, I'm on the pod next week, so I can <gasps> guide Pete Wright and Kyle Olson. Oh, God, I hate those two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're, um, on, you're on it next week, and we allowed you to pick the topic. I well, and you guys should know I don't. I don't do violent movies, so I'm going to be like, yeah. uh, in Paddington, when the <laughs> daddy bear dies in darkest Peru, that's pretty over the top. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Anything you want to tell us about going on in your podcast worlds? Um, well, coming up uh, next for me in the next couple of weeks is uh, the, uh, the film board. We are going to be talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I think sometime soon in the near future of a time to be a time and date to be determined in secret with uh, double passwords and not to be revealed until later is uh, we will try to we will be rebooting uh, Silver Linings. And the first movie, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but the first movie, I'll give you a hint. 
uh, involves a very famous actor. The, the movie is probably more well-known because of something that happened on set as opposed to the movie itself, where mm. the actor went on a really angry tirade against one of the crew members. This actor was mentioned on this podcast earlier. Yeah. Yes. 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 I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right. Ray, what do, what do you want to plug? Uh, he already said it. He plugged for yeah. me. All right. Well, that's lovely. And I, each week, get together with my best friend and mortal enemy in all things taste and opinion, <laughs> Mandy Fabian, and we host the Man Cave. And uh, it is always fun. And this coming week, we are doing... Oh, God, last week she made me listen, watch Brene Brown on HBO so you can you can hear me rail at her for 40 minutes over that. <laughs> and then I assigned her, oh, The Girl Before on HBO Max is what we're watching. And, again, right. based on a novel I loved. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I read, because I'm wicked smart. All right. That's right. <laughs> thank you for tuning in. And uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Everybody have a wonderful Saturday afternoon. What he said. Bye. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.